0: Hello, 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 my beautiful people. So we are recording this uh, offline. Um, Today's uh, episode is going to be offline, but I do have a guest uh, on the show today. I know him as Olasami. Apparently he goes by Sammy, which is way cooler. He never actually corrected me. (laughs) Every time I've called him by his full name, but um, Sammy it's so good to have you on the show. So I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself. I've known you for a few years now, right? I've known you for yes. quite a while. Yes. Um, yes. We 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 haven't exactly met face to face, but we have. Uh, I've known you as a good person, a good guy, a good friend. Um, but I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us tell us about you first.
1: Sure. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for having me on your show. Um, it's an honor like you said yes we've known each other for a few years back in my new york days but a bit about myself as you said i go by sami well if you want to say it with the proper nigerian way it's sami uh, oh but, really you know, sami oh okay me, but, but, you know in this part of the world i just say sami and uh, everybody's okay with it
0: what does olasami actually mean
1: well olasami it, it's well, it's actually a much longer name than oh that. really
0: So <laughs> exactly.
1: what it's is the full name it's Allah Somi Kale. And what that means in, in the Yoruba dialect is Allah means wealth. Some it's okay. like stay with you till you age, right? So Allah oh, Somi wow. Kale is like wealth would stay with you till you age. Oh, wow. So,
0: so, so when your dad's calling you that, he's saying this is the wealth that stays with me till I age, till my old age.
1: Dad, yes, you could definitely interpret it like that.
0: Wow, that's a powerful name. I like
1: that. I, I do. Most people when I explain it this way, they do like it and I do. I like it as well. Although, you know, legally I just go by Ola Me. Okay. Um, but yeah, the Kale part is left out of any government documents. But uh, you know, those that really know me know that part. Okay. But um, yeah, I live in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, you know, have my own family, and a wife and daughter, uh, work in the healthcare IT space. Um and you know, just try to live life and enjoy as much as I can. I'm I'm glad to join your podcast. Hopefully, uh, I can le- learn a lot, a thing or two about you know the Holy Land, which is what we're going to talk about, and um, and okay. share some insight of my um, experience when I went out there.
0: Awesome, awesome. So, listeners, uh, just as last started to uh, kind of hint, today we're going to be talking about the modern the modern state of Israel right we're going to be talking about zion mount zion what is it today what does prophecy say about it and uh what do we think about it when we some of some of us have actually been there some of you have not been there if you're listening today you're probably um i don't know where you will be you'll be in some other part of the country maybe you've never been there or you could even be in a place that is close by but you're not particularly quite fund of the nation. So alas I mean I know the both of us we've talked about um Israel before. I know I invited you on a trip. I was actually going out to Turkey and I said hey you want to do a trip together let's go to Israel and you you kind of uh expressed your own uh dissatisfaction um and, and this was having you uh you went out there, you did visit the land. You did get baptized in the River Jordan. I, oh, I absolutely love your pictures. So tell us about your trip first. Mm-hmm. And then tell us about what you think of the modern state of Israel.
1: Absolutely. Uh, yes, You like you correctly stated, I did visit Israel in 2018. I, I went with my sister, she lives in London, uh, with a church, so I joined uh, from the States and I met up there in Tel Aviv. Mm-hmm. You know, before going out, out there, I was curious about Israel, right? So, and tell this... me
0: again, what, what year did you go? 2018.
1: 2018,
0: okay, yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, 2018. I uh, went in 2018, my, my sister actually has gone there twice, she's planning to go again this year and she yeah, did yeah. It, she did invite me and I... You know, I politely declined. Um, But prior to going in 2018, I had this fascination about the Holy Land, right? As a Christian, as a practicing Christian, I compare going to Israel to um, people that practice Islam going to Mecca. Okay, Okay. Okay. And that's a pilgrimage for them as well. And it's always, if you see it on the news, it's droves of people, right? and you know because that that is a significant part of your faith you know Mm -hmm. going to the holy land praying there and the same Mm -hmm. thing applies for Mm Christians. so i wanted to experience that you know i wanted to as the bible would say all the places that jesus kind of touched right where you know Mm -hmm. where mary Mm -hmm. had jesus you know things like that so and back on this journey um and it was a it was good for me to also go with fellow Christians, right? Um, okay. You know, that share the same not just the same faith, but the same denomination, right? We're, I'm a Pentecostal Christian, and he's a Pentecostals as well. Okay. So it was it, it was a great experience to actually get there and and see what it's all about. Um, you know, we landed in Tel Aviv, stayed in Tel Aviv for a couple of days, and started a tour. Uh-huh. And I mean, I I can go on and on about all the places we visited, but one thing that stood out to me though. Um, about my opinion about the trip is there's a lot of significance, right? If you get to, for example, the tomb where Lazarus, you know, laid and Jesus called him out, right? Very significant uh, to be in there, to be on the mountaintop or to see where Jesus grew up and things like that. But all of that being said, you know, one thing I would give the israeli government and people a lot of credit for is you know there's a difference between judaism and christianity correct Um, a lot of similarity but one of the key differences is that they don't believe jesus as the messiah okay Okay? and Mm -hmm. but even with that stance because if you think about order, let's let's go back to the continent of Africa temporarily. If I disagree with a part of your tribe, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to bring another religion. Your tribe, I would not even associate with you, right? Exactly correct. Would, yeah, yeah, I would out call you an outcast. But now come back to Israel, and even though I don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah, I would build up this place enough for you as a Christian to come here and experience that for yourself Uh and believe what you believe and take from what you can and I think that's a very smart idea right and Uh that makes that's one of the reasons Israel is the uh, the wealthiest nation in West Asia right Uh because they have taken Christianity in all phases of Christianity and commercialize it to suit our need we want to see this we want to be here we want to you know get baptized in the river jordan which i did very significant as a christian Mm -hmm. but have i gone back to really confirm that there's no way to confirm that did did jesus really get baptized in this river right these are things things that it's just up there you can never confirm right you can prove or disprove it but there are signs there that that up to tell you that that's what happened so i I, so I, i i envy that i really applaud them for doing that ultimately when i ended up in bethlehem Mm-hmm. um i think that was the part that i enjoyed the most okay you know so bethlehem so, yeah, is
0: a, so so for those who don't who never who don't have proper geographical understanding of the land bethlehem is actually in the palestinian region it's it's not in modern day israel
1: correct that is correct absolutely um, okay. it's not in modern day israel and it's quite a journey to, not, not a long journey per se but it's quite a journey to get there because you see the differences right when you're living the israeli plan yeah. israeli occupied land you see yeah. uh, the difference in infrastructure literally you see the difference in wealth and economic development okay. um you see all of that but coming from the part of the world that I come from, that we come from, you know, we've grown up in that kind of environment, you know, not the most wealthy part of the world, but I enjoyed being in in, in the Palestine part of of, of 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 Israel, quote unquote, right, Bethlehem, yep. and, and staying in a local hotel, mingling, mingling with the locals. Um, I'll tell you a story, Gloria. Mm-hmm. So when we got to Tel Aviv, you know, we were free, obviously we're moving around, and we walked around, beautiful, I, I, Tel Aviv is, is beautiful. We did all of that, but when we got to Bethlehem, everybody everybody was telling us, you know, be careful, do, don't go out this time, don't do this. Um, but I had an experience. When I landed in Tel Aviv, my luggage was destroyed because I, I put a lock on it, mm. you know, because that's what I do when you travel. So mm. it was destroyed, so I needed a new luggage, right? So I couldn't get any in Tel Aviv. So we got to Bethlehem and I was like, I have to get a luggage I, I need to be able to take my stuff back. So, it was around 6 p.m. And, and every day we had a long day we'd go out for hours come back everybody's tired so I needed to go out and get a luggage so and even the, the hotel staff were like oh don't go out by yourself you know it's not safe I was like I am going to go out and get this luggage you know and the reason I said that it's whenever we're driving I, we drive through a market square with you know shops on the left and on the right hand side and for me that was fascinating to me because yeah. years before, uh, sorry, months before going to Israel, I was in Turkey and I was in Cyprus, okay, and the kind of similarity in the makeup of these places, and when I was in Cyprus, I I went out by myself, I went to the market, I, you know, spoke English with the ones that can speak English, and, you know, I just, I was free, I, I didn't feel scared or anything, um, so now fast forward to being in Bethlehem, I... Wanted to get the luggage, they said, "Oh no, you can't go. You know this, that, and the third. Take your pa- passport with you." I said, "I am going to go." So I stepped out. And then they sent one of the cooks in the hotel to go with the young kid. Can't be more than fourteen. Doesn't speak a lick of English. So this um, was in this Bethlehem, was, right? This was in Bethlehem. Okay, right? okay. Mm-hmm. This in Bethlehem, now we walk down the hill. We go to the marketplace. You know, bustling and bustling, right? Mm-hmm. And but I was fine. Of course, you can see some people looking at you. Ch- I mean, you know, because I know maybe they just they, they obviously they can tell you you're a foreigner. Uh-huh. But, but I just enjoy that feeling of being there, being with the locals and in my heart, I would always feel like they have not been treated the best. Because uh-huh. you know, but that that's really delving into politics and we don't wanna do that. well so we can we
0: we can we can definitely delve into the politics of it but before you actually uh go too far in the story uh i I, so i want you to finish the story first okay uh finish the story and then i'm gonna uh kind of talk about a couple of things so so go ahead and tell me what what happened when you went out into the market with the with
1: the kid sure sure so and the, the, the bottom line of the entire story is just how free I felt, how I didn't feel like I needed to be amongst a group of people that I know, how I can just walk out freely and not worry about somebody telling me that this place is dangerous to be, how I was able to interact with the locals, you know, and most of them spoke at least broken English, mm-hmm. I was able to interact with them back in to get a good luggage, we had to take a few places to get it. Um, you know, they asked me like, oh, you know, where are you from? I would say, you know, I'm from Georgia. Oh, USA, you know, you know, you uh-huh. smile and, you know, bargain got a good luggage, walked around, uh, got some kebab uh, and some drink and, and, and walked back and no no issues. And that led to every day that I was in Bethlehem, I stepped out right now by myself at this point. Now I walked down to the marketplace, walk around, and I even took my sister and two of her friends eventually because they saw I was doing this every day, they decided to come with me and and we went to a local shop and we, you know we did some shopping my sister got stuff for our kids to take back and i got some stuff for my uh family and it was just for me a beautiful experience those are the kind of things i like mingling with the locals and actually seeing how things are there in bethlehem right that you know we're really, really the birthplace of jesus and it, it was it was a worthy experience for me
0: Gotcha. and you don't feel like you experienced that while you were in in Israel, quote unquote, the the Israeli the Israeli part of of the of
1: the land. Absolutely not. I did not feel like that because it was different. It felt different. Um, the people were different. I didn't feel that. I didn't get that feeling of again. I'm just one person with, with an opinion, but I didn't get that feeling of uh, togetherness when I was when we were outside. Um, definitely, the people did, were not as welcoming as the palestinians that we interacted with right right they, they seem welcoming i mean now i mean who knows why right we are tourists we're going to spend money that could be different um but they were just more they were welcoming and i just had a better experience with Bethlehem compared to any other place
0: okay well i can i can speak to that uh i can speak to that a little bit um, I've been there, I've been there twice, um, and I know what you're saying, because the last time that I went, I actually did go to the Palestinian area, I went to Bethlehem, I went to Hebron, you know, those are birthplaces of, I mean, uh, you know, David ruled from Hebron uh, for a couple of years, right? And mm-hmm. David, like you know, including Jesus, were from, you know, the region that's known as Bethlehem, they, that's, that's their birthplace um but to speak of so just when you said um you you give kudos to the israeli government for being able to take the land and even though they don't believe in christianity or believing that jesus is actually the, the messiah they actually allow christians to come and have a wonderful experience there so there is one thing you should be aware of is there's different uh sects of judaism right there's ultra ultra orthodox judaism there is um uh, conservative Jew- Judaism, there's circular Judaism, there are even Jews who actually practice atheism. So they're just like we have Catholics, we have Pentecostals, and we have um I don't know the, the other groups that can be within Protestantism, like those who call themselves Baptists, those those who call themselves Lutherans. It's the same way you have in Judaism. You have different sects. Now, the one key thing that you have to understand is there there are Messianic Jews, Messianic Judaism, those who believe that Jesus is truly the Messiah and they follow him. They practice the same things that the. the if you remember, Jesus was a Jew, his disciples were Jews as well we didn't actually have the gospel go to the nations until the time of paul because if you remember paul did say that i have become an apostle to the gentiles to the nations right so the whole idea of the gospel going to the ends of the earth it came way after jesus uh jesus's death and resurrection so all of his followers initially were all jews we're talking about um a, a traditionally so I was doing my last um, two two Sundays ago in church I did a trivia and I asked everyone uh, a qu- one of the questions in the trivia was what religion did Jesus practice and a bunch of people said Christianity how can- <laughs> and then I had to correct them that Jesus practiced Judaism Jesus practiced Judaism in its ex- fullest extent he went to synagogue he when he celebrated the Passover, the Last Supper is actually the Passover. So he didn't set, he didn't actually start another religion. Neither did he right. practice another religion. He practiced Judaism. Now, what happened that Christianity moved away from Judaism? Why was there a break? Why was there a shift? This is all historical things that people should be aware of. A lot of people aren't aware of it. But how did how did we have a Christian empire? Constantine. Constantine was the first to actually, um, so initially for the first 200, 300 years, even after Jesus died, Christianity was a capital offense. You would be burnt at the stake if you were a Christian or if you professed in any way that Jesus was the Messiah. And it wasn't only just the Christians who were persecuted because they knew that the the Christians, those who followed Christ also kind of, um, they stemmed out of those people who were Jews. They started to persecute Jews as well. Now what happens is when uh, Constantine actually uh, makes the Roman Empire a Christian Empire, he was very anti-Semitic in his uh, his beliefs. He was not really a good guy. He didn't actually baptize himself until his deathbed. He didn't want to get baptized before the time he died. He also kills his wives so that's not wow. there are people who call themselves christians who aren't really practicing christianity but he was very anti-semitic in in the way he, that he believed and he says we shouldn't have anything to do with those reprobate jews and that's why you see that he changed all the traditions that have to do with christianity he said we should celebrate easter instead of passover he said we should okay. do the shabbat on the sunday instead of the traditional uh J- jewish uh shabbat of a saturday so there's a lot of things that he changed and even after then even the the church fathers were very again very anti-semitic in their in their belief system they believed that you know the jews were responsible for killing jesus and all of that and now see you see the church itself today as it stand it has inherited a lot of these hidden things that the that the people embedded but did it stop the message from going forward no, it didn't stop the message from going forward. If they didn't carry the message, if they didn't make the empire a Christian empire, both of us who were 2,000 years far removed from Jesus' time, we probably wouldn't have heard of the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Neither would we have heard of, I don't know, you know, we probably right. would have still been practicing a different kind of uh, pagan religion. Right. in Africa right but even mm-hmm. in the midst of the flaws and the and the uh, there was a time when I was in England right I went and I decided to do a, a, a whole historical study on, on the church and and all that and I fell into a state of depression I fell into Bro. a really ba- dark place right I had Bro. to cry out to God that you know I can't live in a wall where you don't exist like either you tell me why why this has happened in history Mm-hmm. Oh, you sh- because if you hear people arguing with you and insulting you and telling you that the church has been responsible for all of the evil stuff that has happened in the world they have right. a reason why they say things like that it's because they found out about history they found out what the church did But today we're far removed from that. We know better. We know who Christ was. We know his personality. He did say in his word that not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of God, but those who do the will of my Father in heaven, right? So it's not everyone who wears the cloak of, I'm a Christian, that is Mm -hmm. truly a Christian. Neither is it everyone who calls himself a preacher or pastor or whatever has truly been a leader or church leader. At Mm -hmm. the end of the day, it is those who actually observe his commands that are truly his disciples. So Yes, the nation. Most of them don't believe that Jesus. A lot, a large portion of them don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah because they believe that Jesus is the reason why they experience a lot of the things that they experience. If if you look at the Holocaust, uh, you'll find out that Hitler was actually a Christian, and he targeted the Jews. He said that Christ was actually of Aryan race. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of things that stem from the church. It it started their persecution as a people the jews all of these years and how they've run away it's purely because they feel that christianity was the reason why they've been persecuted wherever they go but even in spite Mm -hmm. of that they still welcome christians into israel they still want to make sure that the christians visit the most i was listening to something that uh, uh netanyahu said just before he uh he took office again which is really funny i'm like what this guy is never growing away you know he, there was something that he said and he encouraged christians that you know this is the root of your faith you should you should be here to stand with us you should be here to support us you should we should partner together right. like he always appeals to christians but there are messianic jews as well on the land who actually you know are trying mm-hmm. to push the gospel and tell them that yeshua jesus is one of us he he was he was a rabbi like anybody but he was the greatest rabbi that there ever was right and, and right. they believe that he's the Messiah. So mm-hmm. I can speak a little bit to why you feel that lack of uh, warmth and, and friendship. Um, I've experienced it twice, but it just depends on what area of Israel you go. So I've been to Tel Aviv. I know I, the last trip I went with my daughter to Tel Aviv, and we saw a rainbow flags, and she was like, "Isn't this supposed to be, promised, be the promised land? Why are there rainbow yeah. flags?" You know and you see this kind of aloofness like people don't exactly they're not very warm towards you but it's simply because they feel like if you feel like everybody's trying to kill you right if you feel like everybody hates you Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you won't be easily warm towards them and that's, that's not the case when you go to the Palestinian side, the locals are mostly Arabs and there's this Arab hospitality. They open their hearts to everyone. They love freely, but that's pretty much because of the fact that they, they have ruled for generations. The Ottoman Empire was mostly an Arab Empire, right? They swept the whole of the land. They swept the whole of even Africa. They came to Africa. That's why you see the whole of the north in Nigeria is, is Arabic, meaning that they're, they're mostly Muslims up there, right? But it, and it's so funny that you go to Arab land, like in uh, Jordan or Palestine or even Egypt and you feel that warmth amongst them but when you go to the north in Nigeria you don't feel that warmth that warmth is not there
1: <laughs>
0: it's, it's not. <laughs> that, that warmth is like it's like completely devoid there's, there's no warmth in, the, in that land at all, all um, yeah.
1: I wonder why though
0: it's just the way people are I think that for, for me when I speak of israel and the fact that sometimes you don't feel that warmth amongst them um it's just because of the fact that they feel that the whole world is against them like there is a lot of anti-semitism that they experience as a people and so they're close to people who aren't who they don't perceive as jewish like themselves now that being Mm -hmm. said i have seen and i have had friends who were jewish i have had really close friends that i love them so much with all of my heart and the kind of the level of love that they show me and they give me i've never seen anywhere else it's like a it's it's a certain kind of bond that it's you can't find it anywhere else you can find that kind of warmth and welcoming spirit and free spirit, uh you know on the arabian side but the 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 love bond is it's not. It's difficult to form. But that being yeah. said, I have, you know, I have Jordanian friends that I love so much with all of my heart. They are the nicest people I've ever met. They're the warmest people I've ever met. Um, and and I I feel drawn to them all the time. Well, okay. So, enough of the historical stuff. Let's yeah. talk today about what your beliefs are. So the last time I know you you've kind of alluded it a little bit you said you didn't feel that kind of freeness when you stepped on the land Um, but what do you think today even when I told you that you know um, when I told you that do you want to go and you said "Mm, no I didn't didn't feel what I was looking for and I went there and I told you that I think one of my answers to you when we were talking was that the Lord owns the vineyard and he gives it to whomever he wants so right. tell me what you think about the modern state of his- Israel
1: okay so before I answer that I just want to go back to some of the things I said and I have no regrets going to Israel and I, I could go again it's just not on the top of my list yeah. and I think anybody that practice Christianity in any form mm-hmm. or or Judaism in any form or even Islam because you know those three religions that they do it's a, it means something to all three yeah you know? um so i i would recommend going there. you know learn about the history about you know the with you know the ones you read about you know this is you know your prophets or what have you read about it, visit the places get to meet the people experience the land right which mm-hmm. i did uh and um and just know you've done it uh you know modern day Israel. The, there's no way you talk about israel that you don't delve into politics and i think that's what kind of clouds uh my opinion of israel uh-huh. as a nation the state of israel uh-huh. and 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 knowing what we know or let me say knowing what i know even before going maybe i i already went in there with a the bias right uh-huh. because eh, you know anything i consider oppression i will not look at you in a good way
0: and that, and that and
1: that's, that's
0: that's good because if you if you turn a blind eye when someone's getting oppressed mm-hmm. you could be you can as well call yourself an oppressor right because right, right. god's command is to look after the widow look mm-hmm. after the poor look after the take care of the poor take care of the blind take care of the mm-hmm. helpless that is god's ultimate command to us right so there is you, you if you go in there with a bias it's it's only it's logical because of the fact right. that you are a christian and you, you call yourself a follower of christ so you will always feel um more comfortable amongst the the low and down children than with the high and mighty that that's just but, the...
1: absolutely and that's it right that's a good way to put it and but then the other argument. So I mean, we've all seen the images on TV. Not not you know not as recent, but over the years we've seen images of stones being thrown and every weapon being fired back. Right? Mm-hmm. um It's like taking a knife to a gunfight, and and it would always be like that. And the, the, the Israel would always seem like an oppressor. But let's not forget the fact that we do have dangerous people that have crossed over, and you know blown up places and killed people so both sides have their wrong I'm not saying and Israel absolutely has the right to defend itself just like any nation does right exactly citizens
0: even uh, us here in America after we after we took the land from the native Mm -hmm. Indians if if the native Indians were to show up today and tell you they want their, their land back
1: yeah right we wouldn't give them, and, and we did a, lot, you know, we did a lot of tough things here. Yeah, well, the U.S. did a lot of tough, just same for Canada. Um, or white Europeans let like, us just leave it at that. Yeah, did a lot of tough things to take, take over the land. Everybody's and,
0: hands are stained with blood. That's
1: what I'm gonna put it. That's what it is. As far back as even the continent of Africa, but um, modern Israel, I'm impressed with the nation. I'm impressed with how they've, like I said, alluded to earlier, they've developed themselves to be this powerhouse. How they taking advantage of everything that they have how they, you know they're in the middle as some people will say in the middle of their enemies right yeah you know mm-hmm. it's like you know that bible verse yeah i walked through the valley of the shadow of death i fear no evil
0: mm-hmm.
1: they're right in the middle of it right they've gone to war i mean they're still at war with lebanon syria and i think a third nation mm-hmm. um and but they're still striving right they're still striving because they have the backing. Now, this is where I might disagree with some Christians. Um, yeah, okay. You know, people say modern day Israel can never, will never lose a war. Not, nothing can happen to it because of God's promise to them. Uh, in, I, I I don't know how much I believe that. I think they will lose the war because they have, you know, they've done a good job, doing know, their military. They have good relationship with the countries that matter to them, the US, the UK, and they supply them with heavy weaponry and they would always defend their honor. So, because God is not biased, right? Yeah. And I, I find it difficult to think God would just zone in on one nation and say, oh, I'm gonna put you on a on a pedestal and every other nation would be on a flat land. I think God has given us all as individuals and as a country what we need. To, to make the best of where we are and if uh, Israel has done a good job we got to applaud them for that not say there's some spiritual backing that they have that maybe the Palestinians don't have or the Jordanians right because Israel has done a good job with that part and another thing that was impressive I looked at when I was there looked at the, the agriculture system they, they've invested millions of money into agriculture they've hired a lot of foreign workers uh, to help Cultivate the land and actually produce a lot of food. Um, The infrastructure, I mean, science and technology, Tel Aviv is a hub and they they have developed themselves very well. And you can applaud them for that. Now, look around the countries around them, maybe not so much. Netanyahu, I think, is always a good prime minister minister for them to have because he's a tough guy. Uh Um, But ultimately, what I would hope for is Israel. And I think everybody would say this: Israel and the Palestine can coexist, okay. and you know, and put differences aside. Uh, of course, I know there's a lot of hurt that has gone around. You know, people have been killed, lands have been taken over, uh, but they can forge a new path and 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 look forward into the future. Be- because if we're fighting based on faith, it's I mean, I know in the Bible there's a lot of stories of fights, you know, wars and, and that. But modern day Christianity or, or modern day, period, we don't need that level of conflict. Okay, we, we should be well advanced, more advanced than that. And but I think overall Israel is poised for for, for to continue what you're doing. They would all of- is at the back end of the usa and the uk and if you do that you're never going to stumble right you're always going to have your partners uh that are there are to 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 support but you and
0: so i i'm going to ask one you... last
1: point to me mm-hmm. okay go ahead no, no go ahead. Honesty, you
0: wanna say the last point
1: first no, saying... no, I, I said the, the last point to the one, last point i wanted to make is that you know, I've said it over, over again. How applaudable it is, just what Israel has done. But I think the world is probably still feels very guilty, and as they should, for letting, you know, the Holocaust to happen, right? Uh, because when it was happening, like, I mean, Austria, right, is a big player in the whole Holocaust, right? They, they, it was these things were happening, and they, everybody looked the other way because they didn't think it was really happening. Okay. So maybe we're all still trying to make up for our sins (laughs) um, for lack of a better term but ultimately we have to look forward right and not look behind that that was the point I was going to make
0: okay I I think personally I think that um, I don't think that the world is trying to make up for, for sins there are still people today who try to argue that the holocaust never happens even though there's Ample evidence that he did, even though there are videos of Hitler talking about this and, and there are obviously, they are very foolproof videos of, you know, what Hitler was doing in his camps. I don't know why they want to argue that point, but right. it is what it is. But let's go to biblical uh, promises and biblical sp- scriptures for now. Um, the biggest one that most of the time as Christians, when we talk about the current land of Israel and Mm -hmm. you know the fact that it is what it is today i always tell my friends i have muslim friends i have christian friends i have friends who practice ultra-orthodox judaism right Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. the biggest arguments a lot of the time even the ultra-orthodox judaism some of them don't actually believe that the current state of israel was set up by god they believe it's the work of men Um, there are muslims who just completely a this belief this prophecy and just say that um that the current state of israel is an illegal nation it's not supposed to be there um that they they ought to just be disbanded you know so before i read that prophecy as a christian this is my true belief this is my faith and this is and i'll go into detail as to why i believe that but before i go into that i'll talk about how when i went to palestine on my last trip i had a conversation with christian palestinians right and and he was telling he was telling me that the biggest reason why um the the palestines and the israelis haven't come into a uh, agreement is because the palestines want the um those who were those who the refugees who were in jordan those who the palestinians who were uh, sent to jordan they want them to bring them back and israel okay. is saying that well if they come back there will be no land for us right mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's a small land we're talking about a small piece of land that a lot of people are right. arguing for and israelis a uh, everybody's doing aliyah everybody that knows that they're jew there are african jews who are doing aliyah from ethiopia to zimbabwe mm-hmm. um to all the way to china and in india everybody's doing aliyah what is aliyah aliyah is going back to the land right right um and this is the main prophecy that everybody is basing this off of all right um both jews and christians alike so whether you have um ancestry that is jewish and you're all the way in africa or india or china or or even because you're a christian this is the biggest prophecy that they see fulfilled in this day and why they're holding on to the fact that this is the uh, doing of god okay and it's in Ezekiel chapter 39. And I'm going to go ahead and start from 27. Oh, uh, Actually, let's start from 26. I'll read it. And it says, They shall forget their shame and all the treachery they have practiced against me when they dwell securely in their land with none to make them afraid. When I have brought them back from the people's that is the nations, and gathered them from their enemies' lands. And through them, I have vindicated my holiness in the sight of many nations. Uh-huh. Then they shall know that I am the Lord their God, because I sent them into exile among the nations, and then I gathered them into their own land. I will leave none of them remaining among the nations anymore. So this is what's, that's why they call it Aliyah, meaning going back to the land. As, as, as a Jew, as someone who is descended from a Jewish heritage, I did at one point try to uh, do some investigation and find out why um, in Nigeria, well, the Igbos say that they're Jews. There's a lot of them who have uh, gone and do, done their DNA tests and they said that they actually have Jewish ancestry as well, right? And yeah. I try to investigate why uh mm-hmm. nigerians they practiced circumcision before uh before the before christianity came
1: okay
0: and uh, well i was only doing my own research and i could only trace as far back as us coming into the land and and i'm not talking about the yoruba tribe i'm talking about us uh, who are like from uh, the delta edo region right okay um i the only f- far i could only trace it as far as back as um coming for us coming all the way through egypt so we came through egypt and we got got there now whether we have that uh jewish heritage a lot of people from our tribe have Apparently, they've done some DNA tests and they figured that they, they do have Jewish heritage. Well, how yep. many of us can actually go back to the land? Not all of us, I, I right. you know, not all of us can go. But this prophecy, the fact that God is saying that when you said that, I don't believe that God is going to horn onto one nation. The truth is, if you truly read the Bible, if you read the Old Testament, if you read the prophets, that is God's promise that I have established Israel for myself. And the way that I treat mm. them, the way that I vindicate them in front of the nations, all of the other nations will see and know my personality meaning that god is using this nation to reflect who he is what does that mean about god to me it means that god is a god of covenant, meaning that if he gives you a promise he will stand to the end to his promise right he will fulfill his promise to the ultimate extent it doesn't mean that he doesn't like any other nation he just means that if you know me if you are part of my household I will hold you till the end it's a it's a promise that carries a lot of weight right it doesn't mean again it doesn't mean that you know everybody else that is not israel gossip no the bible calls him the god of the whole earth but then the bible also calls him the god of abraham isaac and jacob and what is jacob's name jacob's name is israel right Mm yeah So there was a time when I I had that same bias that you're talking about. Like I felt like Israel was, you know, was a um, a country that was committing genocide, a country that was carrying all kinds of. But my walk with God is I try my very best to listen to God's voice. I look for God's voice in just about everything. When I went to Jordan, a lot of the time, when God speaks to me most of my hearers some of my hearers have heard me say this before god speaks to me in dreams so when okay. god speaks to me i always listen and i do exactly what he tells me to do right even my yeah. trip to jordan the reason why i went to jordan is because it was i saw it in a dream and that's why i went there right wow. okay. now there was one thing that happened while i was um i was still wrestling with that concept of oh so israel is a the capacity. because when i went there they were so down to earth jordanians are so down earth. i absolutely love them so much you know and when i'm talking to my jordanian friends and i go to israel and they say you're why are you going to that occupier nation right they call Mm -hmm. them the occupiers and it started to get to me because i started to feel like okay i'm not feeling any love in israel i'm not feeling any of this until one night this is just a couple of weeks ago actually i had a dream Mm
1: -hmm. and in
0: that dream I came from outside, I was wearing a, like a, a coat, you know, like uh, the coats that doctors wear, right? Like it's just an outer mm-hmm. coat. But yeah. this, the color of the coat was beige. And I was trying to come into the house, but the house, the house, I knew the house was Israel, right? And the coat that I was wearing meant that I was coming into the house okay. to inspect the house and to mm-hmm. point out their errors to them so as i was coming into the house i saw an angel like descend into the house and the angel just looked at me and so i went back and i tried to come back in again and then i saw another angel descend but this time the angel was so fierce looking that i fell on my knees i closed my eyes and i said lord i'm so sorry i didn't know that it was you that was building this house when i woke up from that dream i kept wondering like have i ever been an anti-zionist oh because i know i'm not anti-semitic right i have i have like i told you i have jewish friends that we have a love bond between us that i can't match with anybody else so i said and besides as a christian i'm not anti anybody meaning that it doesn't really matter whether you're a different tribe from me you're the same tribe as me i do not practice hate of any form i don't condone hate of any form um Whether you're Palestinian, you're Jewish, you're uh, Israeli, whatever it is that you are, I love all people. So I kept thinking that, you know, am I anti-Zionist in any way? And it really got to me, like it really got scary for me. But then suddenly God started to kind of open my heart to see certain things that you need to be able to understand that when I show you that this is my house, and you see good, good. how I protect my house, you ought to be able to apply it to yourself. That I will protect you the same way I protect my own house. Good. You ought to understand that the way that I'm able to love this person fiercely, I'm able to love you that fiercely. Wow. So, That's it, powerful. so I I started to unsee it in a different way. That this fact that we believe that this prophecy happened because. Uh, you can say that uh, America has, you know, Israel has the backing of America. You know, Israel doesn't have the backing of America. America's Congress has been uh, very anti-Israel lately. Even the UN is very anti-Israel. During the Six Day War, when they actually won the land from the Jordanians, um, sure. most of the money that came to help them in buying weapons actually came from. Jews who were living in America, wealthy Jews who were living in America, it didn't come from government funding, it didn't come from government anything. When Obama was in power, Obama actually just voted no to Israel almost every time he made his votes. Donald Trump was the one who supported Israel. He was friends with Netanyahu, but after Netanyahu left, and you know, Joe Biden is in, Joe Biden is just the same way with uh Oba- obama was obama. The, the 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 uh the democrats are very uh israel needs to find a way to cohabit with palestinians uh we're, we're not going to turn anyway, a blind eye
1: why is that is that a bad thing to say let's f- find a middle ground right so i i think it wouldn't be fair think- to say about so the pa- play, the man. Palest
0: the Palestinians. What he told me, the guy who uh, who I met during the trip, what he told me was that the biggest thing that is holding it up is the fact that the Palestinians want the refugees to come back to the land, but Israel is saying that if they come back, they can't come back. That's what they want. because there's a lot of there's over over 400,000 people. The people the people are a lot that they want to come back, right? So. And Israel wants to fulfill this prophecy. They want that promise that you know those who are truly Jews can come back to the land and worship mm-hmm. God the way that they are. Now today you see, if you go to Israel, there's a lot of Jews who are atheists. they would rather believe anything except God, right? Because they believe that all the things that have happened in the world is because of religion. It's because of religion is the biggest thing that has caused all the pain, all the suffering. That's what they believe, right? and right. and a lot of the times you if if you look at okay so um a Muslim will argue today that no um God does not God does not beget a child I was actually I was talking to a, a Muslim in Israel in Jerusalem <laughs> the last trip right and he was we talked everything, we talked politics, we talked about, even we talked about the Bible. I had to teach, you know, I told him the Bible, I said, go and read your Bible. And he was arguing from the side of the Quran and then he said that, you know, God does not have a son, God does not begets, neither is it gotten, whatever, I, I can't remember the exact phrase that he said. <laughs> and I asked him, I said, does the Quran teach you that the Bible is the good book? He said, yes. I said, have you taken time to study the Bible? And then he says, well, no and then i said well but the quran does say that you should study the bible because everything that the quran talks about it points back to the bible right before it starts to go into depth about all the other stuff right okay and then he says yes and and then he says and i said the bible clearly says israel is my firstborn." and then he says where does he say that and then i gave him the exact quote for those of you who are who are listening who may be um muslims and you want to kind of look at this as well uh i'm going to give it to you as well israel is my firstborn if you go and read exodus chapter 4 verse 2 uh god says to moses go and tell pharaoh and thou shalt say unto pharaoh tell say of the lord israel is my son even my firstborn.' right and there's another place in uh, I think it's the book of Jeremiah and I can pull that up as well it says there shall shall come with weeping and with supplications I will lead them I will cause them to walk by the rivers of waters in a straight way in which they shall not stumble for I am a father to Israel and then he says Ephraim is my firstborn right so right different occasions um god does call israel his firstborn his child right and that's why when we say that christ came to fulfill the to fulfill the the, the prophets and the law he actually came to fulfill that role of being the firstborn and that's why when paul is talking paul says that um the firstborn amongst many brethrens so when we come, when we come onto God, we come through Christ, saying that, you know, we are sons as well. Uh, if, again, if you guys are traditional listeners to my podcast, you've seen how we talk about. We go through our discipleship series, and we talk about how um, knowing the relationship that you've been called to uh, in God through Christ. And one of that thing that I said is a relationship of sonship, understanding that. We are sons of God through Christ. Really? We have become partakers in the promise, in the heritage, as children, as sons. Okay, so now back to um, the modern state of Israel. So ever since that, for me, ever since that dream, I began to see God in a different way and understand that when he's building his house, it is not really the power of man. You might think that, okay, they have got, they really don't have the backing of America. That is the truth even England they don't have the backing of England England has voted against them repeatedly in the United Nations um the the stuff that they have today is mostly you'll find that it's mostly from wealthy Jews who live in America um if you if you go and watch the historical there was a historical documentary that happened on I think it was CNN I can't remember but they go in depth into the whole story and how at one point they almost lost the war because they didn't have enough weapons and one of the women who was part of the there was Ben-Gurion the guy who was like the main proponent the Zionist the one who was uh saying that we have to establish a state and then there was another woman um who also uh she traveled to America and she gave a huge speech you know asking that you know now is the time to help your brothers and your sisters now is the time to build a nation now is the time mm-hmm. and before you know it she she raised over the amount that they were looking for and that's how they got the the weapons and the, and the stuff to help support themselves but in all of the story the biggest story is the fact that well, people don't realize that it was actually the british who betrayed the palestinians and the arabs at that time because they had made, they made promises to both sides because is um, uh, Britain was the one ruling the land at the time, right? They were the ones who had control of the land and they had promised to the Arabs that, hey, we're gonna give the land to you, don't worry. Then they also promised the Jews who were coming that, oh, don't worry, you're gonna get the land. So the biggest betrayal to the, to the Arabs was actually the, the British empire. And that's why <laughs> when they tell, when the Arabians tell the story of, uh, Lawrence of Arabia he was a spy it was a secret agent in the British uh, in the British army who actually kind of uh worked side by side with the Arabians uh during that time time frame but again those are very very fun historical things to be aware of to know um and to just kind of realize um what it is that is happening in today's Society, when we are waiting for Christ to come, I always tell people that we don't know what it will look like when Christ returns. He might come with thunder and, and lightning and through the earth, because He did say that the whole earth will see Him, right? But then again, it could yep. also it could also mean that He'll be born like a little child and He will grow up, and every face on TV will see Him and know what He looks like when He begins to declare His name and declare His His identity. Right? But wow. even even the antichrist is gonna probably come in that way as well so yeah, wait, wait, wait. there's a, there's a lot of confusion as to you know who are we gonna believe are we gonna believe in follow the antichrist or are we gonna believe in follow jesus when he does show jesus up
1: jesus christ yeah so some will argue that the antichrist is already amongst us
0: yeah i can be, i can definitely believe that he's probably here doing his work already i i don't doubt that at all
1: yeah absolutely
0: all right absolutely. so last I mean so before we kind of finish today's podcast what else do you want to say to us I know you I know you you said that you know you might go back again but um tell us what else you
1: right so I I think ultimately from everything you said the most important thing that I got out of it is it's a personal journey Mm -hmm. right and how you believe it and how you interpret the bible and how you read it and that's very important in anything we do mm-hmm. because i mean these holy books you know the quran the bible um some part of it is open open to interpretation and and you've had your journey you know, you, you just talked about a dream a powerful dream that you're able to relate to Something you you desire, something you are currently doing, right? You you said you, and that's probably what's led you to really believe a lot of those things, um, and, and protecting Zion and God who always protect Zion, and and and, and we, we, which is which is great. So, I mean, I've enjoyed every every part of what you said, I, and I I would if you know the chance comes, I I would go to Israel again, but. To your point, the next time I go, I would have to be in a different state state of mind in the sense that I have to put my bias aside, right? Yeah. And but before I, I have to, it's a journey to get to that point. Yeah. And, and and history would always be history, right? You just talked about a lot of history, the, the biggest part. The, the british uh, the one that betrayed the, the arabs right and you know j- just like what they did all over the world right they tell this part this a something tells me to be the same thing and it became list to work i mean we all know that yeah. um so but at the end of the day years and years later the british they're gone right so okay. now with israel and palestine every you know live amicably, who knows, I guess we will find out, but ultimately, if you view Israel like, like you've expressed, then then someone like you will probably go over and over again, and and referring back to the Bible verse in Ezekiel that you read, uh, you know, God, you know, Israel is the first born and all of that, those are powerful words, right, but some argue you can interpret that in multiple ways, um, mm-hmm. and and Israel, okay, if Israel is a, is a land now, the state of Israel, right, 1948. Mm-hmm. But prior to that, the the children as we say in as we say in the Bible, the children mm-hmm. of Israel existed, right? Correct. Um, yeah. From different part of the world, and Correct. yes, we we're focusing on the land part now, but maybe we just need to look back in the Bible as to how. What, what they stood for right why did god maybe you can ask why did god love them so much
0: he took a he he loved everyone right because the bible does say that god loved the world god loved the world so much that he gave his own son right that whosoever believes in him should not perish right god loved the world god loves the world right but at the point when he was coming onto the earth to find a people for himself a people, the bible says that the whole world had gone away from god none sought after god so god came himself to seek after us and then he found one man called abraham right and then he makes a he makes a covenant with that one man and he tells a man that you know know for sure that your children shall be slaves in a land that is not their own but i will come and visit judgment on whoever is enslaving them right Amen. okay so and then he comes in uh the time of moses and the Mm -hmm. and and the other patriarchs and he says to them you know uh, i am the god of your father abraham isaac and jacob you know by by my name uh yahweh they didn't know me but they knew me as el shaddai right god almighty right? right right And at that point, he then calls a people for himself. He gives them laws. He gives them commandments that they ought to follow. And he said to them, you have to follow me wholeheartedly. If you don't follow me, the land that I'm going to give to you, I will cast you off of that land. But wherever you are, right, when you seek me with all of your heart, I will bring you back to the land. So the promise is always, I will bring you back to the land. But the reason why he's saying that is that so that I may show my name i may vindicate myself before all the nations because all the nations are going to see you and they will begin to have an understanding of who i who i am because what does jesus say jesus says that this is eternal life to know you the one true god and to know jesus whom you sent into the world right how are you going to know god if god doesn't reveal himself to you he has to reveal himself in one way or the other right and when he reveals himself by showing that he does fulfill his word you suddenly know that okay there is a guy who holds his end of the bag bargain he's not a man he's not like everybody else he's not like the british who will tell you one thing and then turn the other way the next day he's not like the americans who will tell you one thing one day and tell you something else the next day, right? you you have to put a, a form of separation between how what god is like and what man is like right and sense. another thing is it my, what one thing that that dream taught me was the fact that if god can because i think in my dream i was trying to go there to point out of their errors and one of the errors was you know flying gay flags in in, in tel aviv right uh, or in, mm-hmm. in yafa and the one thing i i can, say from that because it's easy for somebody to say i thought you said you, your god is holy why will he condone iniquity the truth is god doesn't condone iniquity but the truth is at the same time is that if god shows them grace how much more grace have we received as a nation that actually exports pornography and sexual immorality all over the world right right imagine i always tell my husband something i say that i'm pretty sure that Nigeria nigeria's hellfire <laughs> why do i say that because the why level of that? wickedness in that right. country the level of wickedness Absolutely. is what that i kind of see sometimes everybody says you know god dig god dig that you know they always say that it is well god dig god dig but the truth is even if you put a president who is like super holy and super nice the truth is the people are not holy they're not nice they're people nice. like to they're people nice. like to bribe from the lowest to the highest the people the right. culture is embedded in their in their very being
1: and and that society I mean we would need another one hour to even break down the Nigerian society <laughs> but but look at how much religion is
0: in Nigeria
1: <laughs> is in Nigeria look at it. Look, look at the the the, the mosques the churches this that if you're just one street alone
0: one street alone probably have like
1: three churches master. and one mosque absolutely one and alone. that's why nothing would ever happen in that country like people do the sheer wickedness but let's save that for another conversation uh another day
0: um, <laughs> one day we're, but, we're um, gonna come back no, and no, talk about nigeria we're <laughs> definitely gonna come back well, another time well, and talk well, about
1: nigeria yeah we have to because it's important not just nigeria because we the, the, the hypocrisy of, of, of religion, not, or the practice of religion, and how people live their life outside of religion is, is nauseating to me, yeah. and, and this is the people, everybody goes to church, mosque, pray five times a day, go to church, you know, over and over again, and we're languishing in poverty, because God doesn't function the way we work, we are expecting him to function. And, and the people that make Nigeria a tough place to live are fellow Nigerians, right? Nigeria is just an abstract, word, world, it's just yeah, a land. We yeah, are the yeah. people that live there. We yeah. Go to church today and the next day you're making the next person's life miserable. I wanna apply for a passport. I have to bribe you. I need the travel license, this, that. <laughs> but yeah. le- let's not, I, I, let's not talk about Nigeria. But Israel, and a fascinating point you raised, I, I have to go back and do some more reading of the Bible and look, put some things in historical context and ultimately i would for me i would have to reconcile and be, and accept the fact that god has chosen this land god has chosen these people yes they're not perfect i always saw that in the bible right david yeah you know well, send a man it, to war so yeah, he can take yeah. It right what, yeah it
0: away. that is true and so, it is it, it, the same grace that we have received as well because all of us I, I'm going to use myself as an example. Some people look at themselves and say that I don't have any sin to repent from. I don't have any wickedness in my heart. But the truth is we all have wickedness. Even if it's not against our fellow man, it's against uh-huh. God. So uh-huh. the truth is uh-huh. at one point or another in our lives, we have been anti-God. We have been not following God's commandments, is rebellion towards God. It is hatred of God. It is casting off the weight of God, right? Uh-huh. So, whether we have, in one way or the other, found ourselves to be pro-anything, whether we're, we're, whether we're, we're pro-gay rights, we're pro-life, uh, whatever it is that we are, at one right. point or the other, we have been anti-God. Correct. Through our actions, through our misdeeds, through our, our thoughts, our words, our, our lost. Right. So so knowledge of that shows that god is gracious god is a gracious and patient god he doesn't give us accordingly as we deserve there are people who mm-hmm. come today and say that uh if there was a god why is there so much poverty why is there mm-hmm. so much mm-hmm. war why we like to blame our own blindness wickedness on god On mm-hmm. god yeah there are, if you look at Africa for example, if you take uh, what what's his name called um, Dangote If you right. take dangote's money, mm-hmm. you can feed all the poor people there You can If you take in money you can mm-hmm. feed all the poor people in South Africa. Right. If you take Jeff Bezos money, you can feed all the poor people in America. But But, but we we like to blame God And say that if there was a God right. There would be no poverty Yeah Meanwhile God has given us the responsibility To take care of the weak Well, So there's a There's a bible verse that says that When you go through your fields And you do your harvest mm-hmm. Do not and, and you leave things on the floor Do not go back and pick them up Leave it for the poor, the orphans, the fatherless, the widows. That's a special instruction. Now, whenever, you, whenever you're whenever you doing your field, why did Ruth actually uh, have go to glean on Boaz's land? Because she was poor, she was a widow, and she knew that they would leave stuff for her to pick up and take home so she has food to eat. Right? It's a clear tradition that God is setting for them on how they must take care of the poor. They must right. take care of the needy. They must take care of the down and shroden. When a Muslim does a lot of charity, the Muslims they try to you know do a lot of charity, but they do it out of religious uh, obligation.
1: Obligation, yes.
0: As opposed to a, uh, I, I'm, I'm obviously some of my friends are, are Muslims, and they mm-hmm. are very they are very generous, right? Okay. Well, you have mm-hmm. to understand that it's our responsibility. To lift those who are in poverty out of poverty, not because it's an instruction, but because mm-hmm. it's the life that we should live. That's how we should live yeah. our lives.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Absolutely, I agree with you. But if, uh, I want to go to the, the three men you just mentioned, right? Jeff Bezos and um, Dan Dangote God. and Elon Musk. <laughs> uh uh-huh. Oh, I mean, Dango is a Muslim, I, I think. And those the two other, Jeff and Ellen, I don't know what, if they, they practice any religion? I don't think but, they practice any religion. Yeah, and I guess another way to look at it is these men, they've worked hard for what they have, right? And they are providing service. They, I don't think there's, there's a realistic situation in the world where we would expect to take... 80% of Jeff Bezos' money and spread it out, right? Because it's not ours to take, right? And it's not- Okay, so
0: I'm not I'm not saying take it in terms of taking it from them. I'm saying that if we... we I'm, I'm thinking about the money that they have, that they've earned, that they own to themselves. If they decided out of their heart that I want to help the poor, they would be able to feed all of the poor. That's what I'm but- trying to say
1: but But okay let's let's not
0: let's not even take it of their money right i understand that they work for the money is theirs to keep and they have that choice to to decide whether they want to uh give it to the poor or not right well let's take for example nasa's money the amount of money that they spend building uh rockets to go to space
1: correct okay
0: so let's talk about that. Why why can't we use that? Oh, in, oh why can't <laughs> at home? You know, okay. Why do we wanna to go to Mars?
1: Well, isn't but but now, okay. This is my response to that, right? So everything we know god has given us the brain right to discover the universe right in the beginning god made the heavens and the earth i think god made those things for us to discover as humans so he's giving us the knowledge because if god doesn't want us to go there He will not give us the know-how the knowledge right he's he's giving us the knowledge and we we are using that knowledge to discover the world around us of course man meaning you know all gender is foolish right and so Do, you, do got... you
0: believe that it's okay for some people to live in poverty while others are living in wealth?
1: Absolutely not. I do not. But I think there, there are laws that govern these things. They, they might not be fair, but okay, Look, let's do a basic example. Mm-hmm. A child that is born in middle of nowhere in Nigeria, right? And a child that is born in Atlanta, Georgia, Mm -hmm. Their race and life is vastly different. The child in the Western world, not by his own choosing, right, is already miles ahead of the child born in Ethiopia or Somalia, right? So chances are the child in the West would be successful and the odds are against the child in the Middle East or in Africa, right? We cannot... We can explain that, right? I mean, you were born in Nigeria, so it was like we can explain it. We've come here, we've had to, you know, do what we had to do. Have you ever th- thought to yourself, if you stayed back in Nigeria, where would you be now? Would you be able to achieve some of the things you've achieved? The, the, the opportunities in there, there's a lot of things that stack against you, but somebody else in this so opportunities would always happen, right? Mm-hmm. And, and but we don't have that law, that number one law that governs those things. We have no control over it. So yeah, I, I believe this if we as much as we can, we have to help the poor, which a lot of these people do, right? The, the names you've called they have their charity, but but the notion of just a blanket welfare system I mean we'll have to see that. I, yeah, I'm not
0: no, I don't I'm not advocating the welfare system. I've lived in England and I know the welfare system only promotes uh, laziness. I've seen people who just lay on that couch from morning till night and just, you know uh, wait for yeah. food to food to be given to them. I think a society itself, that's what happens when the society is actually driven by man-made laws as opposed to um, commandments that come down from God. because uh, uh, there is a there is a huge difference when you begin to observe God's laws and you begin to see what God is intending for for mankind as a person obviously we've abused it as people but today that's why we preach jesus that's why we preach that nothing we can do comes from our own strength that it takes the holy spirit it takes god's spirit to help you to keep his own commandments to help you to walk the way that he wants you to walk we can't do it on our own we we can't as a people we are completely flawed we can't help ourselves um, and, and so that's why we put our complete trust in, in the message that we've heard in Christ, in Jesus in in the completion of what he's done on the cross, right, uh, right. as Paul does say that the, the cross is foolishness to some people but to those who are being saved it is the power of God oh, to salvation so uh, with that we've actually uh, come to the end of today's uh, podcast, yes. we've gone way over time but Thank you so much for coming. Um, Olafami. Yes. We are gonna have conversation again. Um, I know uh Zion Israel it's a controversial subject. A lot of people have a lot of heartburns when it comes to discussing the subject. Oh, I before before we actually end, I'm gonna tell you a story. So um okay. this was a while back. This was back in 20, 2006 right i had a friend his name was Shah, well i don't want to call it him, let's not let's not call his name but he was muslim and he was pro-palestine he was english but well, his parents uh his parents i believe uh or his grandparents were actually from palestine but well, he was very pro-palestine and i don't remember uh what i did or what i had said um well i think i just on my facebook page i said um i did a uh, rosh hashanah greeting i said okay. uh, something like uh I, I can't remember what i said uh shana tovah or something like that it was just like a happy new year in hebrew okay. and he was so furious i've never seen anybody so angry and he was like oh you are pro israel and i was confused i was like uh i'm pro god's word what what is this what does this mean Right. And he insulted me. He said, go back to Israel. I'll see if they will accept you. They are a racist country. And he caught me off. He stopped being my friend. He insulted me before he actually deleted me from Facebook. Wow. Uh, and this is someone that we used to hang out. We used to go out for drinks. We, we were friends. Mm-hmm. We worked together. We lived in the same building when I was living in New York. Mm-hmm. We were close friends. But the moment that he heard that i could speak hebrew he hated me he hated me with a passion i had never felt that much hate in my life this Uh is someone who was my friend and i cried that day when when i lost him as a friend but I, i i couldn't understand why someone wouldn't pause to ask me questions the mo- so you can hear that I can speak Hebrew. Do you know that the Bible was written in Hebrew? That I studied Hebrew because I wanted to understand the Bible, not because mm-hmm. I was pro anything, but because I wanted to be able to obey my God's commandments. Uh-huh. Because I wanted to learn more about the God that I serve. They serve, yeah. Someone hated me for that. So one thing I would say to listeners: it's a very touchy subject israel is a very controversial subject but the truth is if you truly call yourself as following god the idea is not to hate somebody else the idea is to ask god to reveal to you what his plan is what his purpose is in the midst of all this if you're facing difficulty if you're facing a really difficult situation the most expedient thing to do is to cry out to your god and ask him to show you his presence in your life when i pray i pray for palestinians i pray for Palestinians everywhere but i also pray for israel that even in the midst of all of her flaws that people she will be the light that you've called her to be that people will see you and not insult you because of them right that people will see you in the midst of it and glorify your name because Bible, jesus does say to his disciples that let your light so shine that people will see your good works and praise your father who is in heaven because at the end of the day when they see your good works when they see your light they thank god for putting you in their life they thank god for doing you know things that he is he's never shown before right because you know that if god does it for one person he will also do it for you right, right. i like friends who come to me and say hey when, Gloria when you tell me this I pray to God and I said, God if you did it for Gloria why you can do it for me too and all of a sudden I be mean, like I have a miracle I have a blessing I have a testimony to tell you so God like you said God is not an impartial person but he does choose people so he can show himself to other people so those people who see that one person that he's picked will actually mm-hmm. know about him and seek after him mm-hmm. as well
1: right that is true
0: so if you, don't, if you don't know me, Gloria, you don't know anything about me, right? But when you see me talking with Sami, when you see me helping Sami, you would be like, oh, Gloria can do this, Gloria can do that. Hey, Gloria, how about being my friend, right? It's not because of Sami so special. It's because Sami knows me, and I know Sami, and I pick Sami out so that Sami can you know, show you me or introduce me because without Sami with, without the people that see Sami, the people who see Sami don't see me, do they? Right?
1: Right.
0: So I know that's a simple analogy, but it's just kind of the way that I, I feel about the whole situation. It's a story that needs to be told over and over again. And it's something that we as people, as Christians especially, we need to kind of sit back. Even even when you're not a Christian, if you are a Muslim Um, I think the end of the day, you should, you should, that's what religion is all about. Religion is only, is not only about uh, serving God. Religion is all about doing God's will, loving others. The biggest Uh, thing that you can talk about is love. The reason why a woman gives birth to a child and nurtures a child is because is because of love. I love my kids. I will die for them. That is the reason why God created us. He created us so he can show us his love. Yes, we are a fallen generation. Yes, we are a fallen people. But he didn't create people so that they could be fallen. He created them so they could have life with him. Right? Right. All right. Um, So, my dear friend, thank you so much for being on today's podcast. We are definitely going to reconnect again and talk some more. So, for the rest of you, we will see you on another episode. Thank you.